and then when I came here, I thought this will be like Luxembourg, like the richest places on the earth with the best companies and da 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 da. Then homeless people, very poor people, people who don't have food and dirty. Uh, people have guns, and I have never seen these things only in India. I was shocked. Hello and welcome to Miseducated, the show about unlearning the misguided rules from society that govern our lives. With me, your host, Tash Doherty. This episode is the first of a three-part series where I met with Christina, the founder of Keg. Before meeting her, I knew absolutely nothing about cervical fluid, which is also known as cervical mucus, or that measuring it could be such a useful way to keep track of your fertility. But if you know where the cervix is, you'll realise there's a problem. The cervix is deep inside the vagina at the opening of the uterus, and it's the part that dilates when you give birth. And to track your fertility, you need to measure your cervical fluid every day. So how can you accurately, easily and safely do that? Well, that's why Christina created Keg. Keg is a beautifully designed device that helps you track your cervical fluid. And it also helps you strengthen your pelvic floor muscles, which are great for intimacy. Months after this conversation, I finally just bought my own keg and I've been using it for the last two days. And the amount of fertility data that it's given me is pretty interesting and pretty amazing. But for Christina, building this company, which she is so passionate about, has not been easy. In addition to the challenge of bringing any product to the market as a startup, Christina is creating medical hardware for women used inside the vagina and she has to pitch to mostly male investors. Her story is one of grit, perseverance, challenging the status quo, and I personally learned so much from this conversation. She is really inspiring. So in this first episode, I asked Christina about her background and her story, how she grew up in Slovakia, she travelled a lot, worked in tech and in the startup world, and how her upbringing in Europe has shaped her values. So enjoy. Hello, uh, my fellow sisters. Um, My name is Christina, and uh, I am the founder of a company called Keg, K-E-G-G, We are making intimate fertility trackers, which also make your vagina and pelvic floor strong. So you have a very good experience when you use our product. And on top of that, you have deep and the best fertility data about your cycle. The innovation that I brought to the space is that I finally made a medical device user-friendly. Before us, this type of medical device looked like a big probe when someone puts it inside you. And now we made it a very nice, intimate thing that you enjoy using. So I turned the user experience and I'm providing to us women something very useful in a way that we like to use it. And I hope that by changing the way how we make medical devices for women, we turn this world upside down. (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice and beautiful. So you mentioned that you grew up in Slovakia. What was it like? So Slovakia is Central European country. It only has 5 million people. It's mostly mountains. And it's really nice, high quality of lifestyle. We have like very good work-life balance. We are in the European Union. We have Euro. People are very well educated. But this country is very small. 
and when you have ambition and when you want to do something else many young people go and get experience in the big capitals of europe like london frankfurt um and so on so i was i was the same when i was 18 i left to study abroad i pursued international degrees and i was studying business i was studying at least a semester in germany taiwan austria and many other places I, I speak fluently spanish and i used to speak fluently german and i still can like watch german movies and did you do any like summer jobs or anything in slovakia of course, itself? Of course. like what kind of what was your first job uh yeah i did a lot of work my first job that i had was that i was promoting food at supermarkets like you always can taste different type of food and uh, you know the big brands employ like these ladies that cut cheese in supermarkets and you get a taste so they are hoping you will buy it sometimes it was something very strange like yogurts which i never understood why do you give someone taste the yogurt or or juices or meat yeah so this is what i was doing when i was in high school <laughs> <laughs> and what were your schools like yeah so in europe um in most countries in europe and especially in central europe and germany the public school are better than private schools um and it is because you know you have to work hard to get there yeah you want to study for free so you have to pass the exams you have to get the ad admitted da, da, da. so everyone works hard to get admitted if you don't get admitted your second option is to pay for school i am a woman and i think like when women are smart most of women are smart and you know that you have to work twice as hard to do anything so yeah I, I was doing well. So when so. you were like a young girl growing up in Slovakia, what did you dream or think that you would be doing? What was the plan for your life at that point? Yeah, so I was always attracted to law and justice. But the problem with the law and justice is that in Slovakia, once you study law, you can work within the country. And I knew I want international experience. So you could pursue like international law and work in Brussels. But Brussels is one of the most boring places on earth. So you, like, I, I read somewhere on, uh, there was some online chart, like the most boring places to live. And you won't believe it. Like Brussels ranked second and my hometown ranked like sixth. So I was like, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I uh, decided to study business because my father had a company. And I think the most honorable thing you do is to bring a value that can also employ other people and you're bringing a value to society because someone is willing to pay for it so i think being an entrepreneur which is just to the employees and brings good product is the highest ethically and morally possible position in the society hmm. because wow. it's very hard yeah my father has a construction company so they are building houses and i always was amazed that he was employing all this workers he had like more than 50 employees and then you know like they are seasonal workers so like they work manually when there's during summer spring and autumn but in the winter they don't work and my father always kept them on a payroll i view in my dad that he was doing the social work and you know like he was giving people jobs and he was managing them well and when you manage people well and they work for something with a meaning because having a meaningful work gives people also the confidence and they feel well about themselves so it's like very 
important to take care of people, but it's also important to bring to people something that they want. And if you do your work very highly ethically and you provide a really good product, you're really doing a good service. Like he was a role model for me in this case, but I knew, I knew it's very difficult because I saw what he went through. You know, like as a, as the leader in the company, you're the one that uh, faces all the problems. Like you are the one that have to solve all the problems. You're the one when you don't have a runway or when someone doesn't pay the invoice. There can be so many things going wrong and you're the, all, the one that gets all the punches and you can't reflect it on their employees. But, you know, it's, it's the, I still believe it's the highly ethical position in society you can have yeah. if, you, if, you're, if you're morally correct. <laughs> Yeah. So then when you got to America, okay, how did you get to America, number one? <laughs> okay. So I knew I wanted to do business and I started um, when I was still at university, my first company, which failed. And I knew I don't have enough experience. So I was thinking about it, like, what can I do? So the next time when I have a company, it is better. And I thought I need to join early stage company. Like I need to join early stage company so I can learn and I can see, you know, what's going on. So I moved to London and I was working for early stage company, which was a startup and they were doing parking. They were automatizing parking. So the parking is messy, especially in Europe. You never know like how, where you can park, where you can't. And they were trying to organize the data and making the system better. So I joined the early stage company. I spent there some time and I was doing their marketing. And I, despite it being so hard and working so hard, and earning very little money, I learned a ton. I learned what not to do, how, how founders should behave, you know, what matters, what doesn't matter, how company culture is important, how to talk to people, you know, how to work with developers, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, it, uh, it helped me a lot. And, but then I was fed up. It was like, I need to earn some money. Like I was earning money, but I, you know, I want to have like this amazing life because my husband, at that time, still my boyfriend, he was working at Google and uh, I saw like he had free time and he was not, you know, I was like, I want to do. <laughs> so I went to Amazon and I was at Amazon and being an Amazon for me was like, um, it was so good. It was so easy. <laughs> it was really good. And, you know, we had this in London at that time, they were at um, Holborn. So they had this building where they, on the up, upside on the tall building, there was like a terrace where my friends, we wouldn't go. I had some drinks, you know. <laughs> it was amazing. And the colleagues, it was like high school, but you're getting paid for it. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you do work and if you're smart, you do the work, but you also can have free time, which is amazing. Yeah. So I liked it. And then my husband, uh, my boyfriend, we got married. And he got uh, the Google from London. Um, he got an offer to go to Mountain View here in California. So I came with him and uh, I came here. I left my job and I came here unemployed. So, yeah. Yeah. And did you feel like you were compromising a little bit moving to America to be with him or were you fine with that for your own career? Um, so, um, Yes, he very fully com understood that I'm doing this uh, also because of him. He had multiple options and he could have chosen other places. But in other places, for me, it would be very hard to get working visa, like Singapore. And I, I just couldn't be like at home. <laughs> and honestly, 
the first time I came to the United States was when I was moving here. I had never been here before. <laughs> so I was in all this, living all around the world, all in these different spaces and places and speaking different languages and having different friends. And then I was like, nothing can surprise me about the United States. Like, honestly, I lived in Taiwan. It's a fine. I traveled to Asia, whatever. So I assumed in my very naive brain that, you know, like America is like British people, which are living on a big land. So, but of course, like, like I was so culturally shocked, especially I was culturally shocked because my assumptions about this place were all wrong and it will be an adventure. And yes, I had a lot of friends in London and it was amazing. It was amazing. But I also thought that it will be amazing in San Francisco. <laughs> I thought of it that it's like London, you know? <laughs> so yeah. So I came here very naive and, um, you know, like you look at it, like where are the fastest growing companies, where you want to go? And it made sense. But I also thought that the city is better. And then when I came here, I thought this will be like Luxembourg, like the richest places on the earth with the best companies and da, 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 da. Then homeless people, very poor people, people who don't have food and dirty uh, people have guns and I have never seen these things only in India. Yeah. I, I was shocked. I was shocked how unjust the society here is and how little they care about how the city looks like and how little they care about equal opportunity. Truth to be said, if we had the same system in Europe, I wouldn't be here because I simply wouldn't be able to afford education. So you know, I have five siblings, so no way my parents could provide us all with education. So I was so upset when I came here. My first friend was a homeless person. <laughs> really? What was this homeless person like? Yeah, I always used to see him in a park and he was reading books and he was like 50 something or 60. And I felt so sorry. So I started to talk to him and, you know, be like nice to him and bring him some food time to time. But it broke my heart and it was like... I remember when one day he told me that I'm the first person that he spoke in years. And I was like, fuck. Wow. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, I can't unsee it. And my husband and I, we still, when we walk the streets, that's one thing we just can't live when we know our neighbors are sleeping on the ground. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Are you in part of San Francisco where there are a lot of homeless people? I am next to Mission Dolores Park, so I should be a nice neighborhood, but uh, you see people here that sleep in cars, you know, Uber drivers that can't afford the rent, and sometimes the workers sleep here on our corner, and they're clean, you know, good people. They just probably don't earn enough wage to offer outrageous rents here. Yeah, I mean, I live in San Francisco as well, and we could literally talk for hours about all of the social issues and stuff, but when I, yeah. whenever I would go back there, it's you almost, it's it's disgusting because as a tech worker you get so desensitized to all of the homeless people on the street and I'm not. it's a way of survival almost because if you stop to really look at every single person and say oh my gosh how did you get here what's your story you know you'd literally never even get to work it's just you know it is just a place of such ridiculous inequalities and I just feel like they haven't really even tried to solve all of the problems so yeah yeah I it's sad. Sorry. I know for American standards, I'm socialist, but believe me, for European standards, I'm very conservative uh, capitalist, which is crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Why do you think Americans would think of you as a socialist 
because I um, I think equal opportunities are very good for any society because people like me can become having a company you know, and employing people. But if you don't have equality to opportunity in hurt society because there could be way more companies created, way more scientists, way more doctors, da-da-da-da-da, and way less crime and drugs, of course. And when you don't create equal opportunity, you're like shooting yourself in the leg. And the opinion that, yes, education should be paid is very short-sighted because that I like you have a single mom with four kids that ran away from abusive husband by no means this woman can send four kids to Stanford like yeah away it's not impossible but in Europe it is possible yeah in Europe yeah you don't have this crime that you have here you don't have this poverty you don't have this uh, people that don't have food and overly people are way happier and and I think it's better for society look at the unemployment rate it's a long-term game and in the end the countries should be built for people like we people are the countries it's not that we serve some purpose of someone else and you know like the system should be built for us like the like the other thing is like the healthcare the healthcare is like ridiculous because everyone contributes to healthcare because when you're sick you will lose the job and then you know you should get the healthcare you don't need healthcare when you work you need healthcare when you don't because that's usually you know when you're sick so it's just like mind blowing <laughs> um, yeah and also you know like the one mind blowing thing is that when you're born you're born so you just came to this world and the first thing you get after your mom hacks you is an invoice for your birth wow yeah. i mean if this country is so pro life as it's saying like why on earth do you burden mothers with invoices when giving birth in your eyes should be like, yeah, she's courageous because she's bringing up new taxpayer that will contribute to the society. Why do you burden a mom with an invoice for the birth when she's giving a service to society? It just doesn't make sense. And then you shout at them like, you know, you, can't, you cannot afford to have child because you're a beast. If you kill your child, you're a beast. Like, has anyone spoken to people that actually had to have abortion, that didn't have any money and had a choice. I already have a two kids. No, no way I can afford a third one. Like, you know, I, yeah, I'm harming my kids. Has anyone ever spoken to women about this? I'm just thinking, you know, like this, uh, this podcast is listened by young, ambitious girls. So girls, yeah. do you know that the best universities in Europe, like Oxford and Cambridge, you pay 20,000 for a semester. And if you're smart, you don't have to pay anything. So think about um, paying a ton of money here in the United States or try to go to Europe and study for free. Like <laughs> when I told my colleagues that I don't have any student that they were like, wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then ladies, if you don't have any student debt, then you can start a company so you will have extra income and you can do it. To find out more about Keg and Christina's amazing story, visit keg.tech, which is K-E-G-G dot T-E-C-H. Or you can find them on Instagram at keg underscore tech. And we really hope that you enjoy this episode. Stick around and we'll be back with some amazing stories from female founders later. Bye!